It is Wednesday, June 29th, and you are listening to Run That Back. I am Scott Bunn. And I am Tom Chalmers, and this is your Indie Sports Radio. Uh, and we're back. Uh, you and I have been away um, from one another's company yes. here on Wednesday evening. So we're going to last. We're going to go ahead and put a pin in that banter. That's right. And visit that a little later in the show because we've got a guest to get to. That's right. Our old friend Wade Solomon um, is calling in uh, whenever we need um, somebody to talk about Atlanta sports. I frantically text Wade. To be like, hey, Wade, can we get you for for like 15 minutes to, uh, to do this? So, Wade, welcome back to Run That Back. Ah, thank you. Thank you. I'm glad that I'm the uh, the go-to Atlanta guy. Yes. Yeah, you're our, our senior Atlanta sports correspondent. I'm your senior Atlanta correspondent. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> he lives in L.A. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Um, and um, I did promise on the Facebook post about this that, your takes are hotter than a summer in Georgia. Um, and you are normally in the city of Los Angeles. That's where you reside. But you're actually here in the East Coast um, visiting uh, visiting us over here. Is that right? That is correct. I, uh, I am doing an East Coast uh, little East Coast visit. Went to see my family in Atlanta, which is always fun, but that's not what this radio show is about. Uh, and then I am right now in Charleston, South Carolina. Yes. Uh, the kids are in the pool. I'm hoping my wife is watching them. I think we're good. I think we're good. That's great. I hope nobody drowns on well, your one watch. Of them can sw- one can swim. The other's in floaties. I, there are no problems with that. Right? All good. All good. Uh, so we wanted to talk to you because um, we, um, there was a sort of interesting baseball moment. Um, baseball is a long season, and so here we are early in the season, and we actually had uh, some drama here where your favorite team, the Atlanta Braves, uh, were hosting the Los Angeles Dodgers for the first time uh, since the Braves won the World Series last year. Uh, and your all-star first baseman, Freddie Freeman, left um, after that victory to the Dodgers. And so this was his first time back in town. And you actually attended this game. So first of all, did you plan that? Did you plan to be there for this game? Yes and no. Like, I, I, I hadn't been back to see my family in, in a long time. Uh, COVID didn't help with that either. And I knew that I had a few weeks off in June. So I looked at the schedule. I saw the Dodgers were coming to Atlanta. Uh, my daughter is a half Braves, half Dodger fan. Mm-hmm. So she, she, I knew she'd enjoy that. And I was like, if I'm, if I'm going to be here and I'm going to be here for the series, let's do game one. Let's do Freddie's return. Nice. Let's do the ring. Let's do him crying for 20 minutes. Uh, it was a terrible game, Braves-wise, but uh, it was worth it. So that's the question. Uh, are are you an ugly cry? Uh, you know, I, 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 I'm, I'm a rare crier. I uh, therapeutically have pushed all the tears down because I don't want to bother people. So, but a few tears did come out. Wow! How about that? And were yeah. were your tickets pretty good? Were they close, or um, did you have to see those tears on the jumbotron? Uh, from, uh, I did have to see them on the Jumbotron. <laughs> yeah. uh, the Jumbo normally, Tears. Normally on like StubHub, you can go get a ticket. I was seeing Upper Deck, 
five dollars. Yeah. Upper deck for this game was seventy five. Wow. So, so that's kind of where we were starting. But I, you know, we traveled. We dropped a little bit of money, but not not enough to see the tears up close. Um, and was this your first time in the new Brave Stadium? It was. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that stadium is the most Atlanta thing possible. How so? Which is, which is they had they had a stadium. It was downtown, and they said, you know what? Let's move it away from the center of town into an office park in the suburbs. <laughs> yes. So you drive around, and it's skyscrapers, and it's and and then suddenly there's a baseball stadium. Yeah. So, uh, a really weird, sterile environment, but it was cool. Uh, and how was the uh, reception? I mean, uh, do you feel like uh, most in attendance were, were welcoming Freddie back and any and, and resentment uh, for leaving? Well, I, I would say overall it was very – it was very they were very welcoming. A oh, lot of yeah. – uh, yeah, um, standing O, everyone cheered. I mean, he gave his speech. The speech yeah. looked like, took like 15 minutes. He, you know, they're the athletes who like pretend to cry because they feel like they need to. This, <laughs> this felt very legit. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I will say that I did see a T-shirt in the concourse with a picture of his face and dollar signs on his eyeballs. Oh uh, yeah! And in the Braves font, said "phony." Uh-huh. I think I think that was the minority. Uh, you know, everyone chanted his name. I'd say by the second or third time he came up to bat, though, it was like, "Okay, enough of this." <laughs> yeah, we're we're still rooting <laughs> against this guy. But that's some quality yeah, you need, you need embedded reporting. <laughs> Uh, any other uh, sort of observations or did any feelings come out of you like you talked about your own tears that barely come out were you were you were you like no i i really like this guy or were you like okay now i'm ready to turn on him like we had closure i think that's it yeah you know like i Going back to his free agency last spring, and, you know, it was kind of like watching a car crash in slow motion. Like, yeah. you could just see where it was going. Uh, yeah, I I have very mixed feelings. Like, a little mad, but also I get it. Mm. And it's a job. And, uh, you know, I, you know, the news came out yesterday that he fired his agents. Yes. So clearly, clearly it didn't go the way he wanted it to go. Uh, so, yeah, you know, I had the moment. They showed the video. I was touched. My daughter looked at me and was like, why are you crying? Uh, <laughs> you know, but then once it was, you know, once he was in minute 10 of his thank you, guys, I love you so much. I was like, OK, it's time to move on. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, go ahead. Oh, and then I was like, yeah. And then by the time he went to bat, I, I was like, yeah, you're on the other team. So I. The agent firing thing is a little weird for me, mostly the timing of it. Like, I could understand, like, okay, I, I've got to take this um, this offer, I'm going to move on, want to take new things. If you're that upset with your agents, then go ahead and fire them then. Like, did he just, like, fire them after, because he's, like, so his emotions were all sort of like coming out and he was like, wait, I didn't want that to happen. So you're the fall guy. Tom has something to say about that. Well, we try not to fall into a lot of speculation, but people were wondering if maybe he found something mm. out uh, that maybe Atlanta uh. was willing to pay him or whatever. So while he was there, did he find something out about the negotiation mm. that uh, his 
uh, representation wasn't clear about. Yeah. Um, I, I, again, I have no idea if that's true. But right. They were sort of wondering if maybe there was a backroom conversation where, like, hey, you know, if you had just asked one more time, we would have gave you everything yeah. or something like that. I don't yeah. know. Wait, did you hear anything to that effect? Uh, no, the, the, the Freeman camp did not contact me to let me know. Uh, I mean, my, my guess is, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it does feel a little too Hollywood that he went back and he got so upset that he just had to fire his villain agents right yeah. then. Uh, I mean, the story coming out is that initially he was mad at the Braves, and then he and the GM, whose name I can never pronounce, so I'm not going to try to butcher it on air, <laughs> Uh, had a conversation early in spring training and they apparently are at peace mm. and everything's okay, but it does. The timing of it is a little weird. I, I agree with that. I mean, it's possible that he just came back and learned something or the emotion of it just made him really mad. But it seemed like the stories that were coming out is that he didn't want to leave and that the agents pushed too hard. Mm. Yeah, that that feels uh, weird. I, I do like, though, Wade, that you said, like, it feels a little too Hollywood when you are a professional Hollywood writer. So, like, tell me, like, if you pitch that in the room, would they all, would the other writers be like, yeah, no, they're not going to, he's not going to fire the agents now. Yeah, like, no, no, come on. Uh, they're like, we have notes. Yeah. <laughs> we, we have notes on that. Uh, or maybe they would have loved it because, you know, it's Hollywood, but it doesn't, yeah, it just didn't feel... You know, it's funny. I hadn't thought of that until you said it. Because at the time, I was like, yeah, he went back and he realized that his agent screwed him. But, yeah, he probably would have known that a few months ago. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, <laughs> so they become the fall guys. I mean, I guess it could be that. Like, here's a gesture that I'll make. So, um, Also, if I'm yeah. the Dodgers, I don't know if I love any of this story. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> his teammates are like, what the heck, man? Yeah. Like you're sobbing at, at the at the end, you know, at, at at the stadium for the other team for 15 minutes, and then you fire your agents because you had to sign with them. So uh, you know, we'll see where that goes. Uh, I will give him credit; he has shown up well, though, in both mm. the Brave series. Uh, when the Atlanta came to uh, Dodger Stadium, he hit a home run, I believe, mm -hmm. in his first at bat, and then yes, uh, I, I was at that game as well. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I will. I will say when he did that, it, it it hurt. But I gave him a standing O. Like, what else do you do? <laughs> you're you're and a gracious the man. Fans around me uh, were like confused by that because <laughs> <laughs> you were wearing Braves gear, right? I was wearing Braves gear, and he hit that homer, and I was like, touche. <laughs> yeah, I'll take it. Yeah. Uh, and, <laughs> you did it. <laughs> and in this weekend series, he did uh, at least tie it up in the ninth, right? So it could go to extra innings and, and the game that the Dodgers ended up winning? Yes. Uh, I think it was the, yeah, it was either the ninth or the tenth. I mean, it was it was the, the weird over, not overtime, extra inning rules where there's mm. someone at second for right. no reason. So, you know, it's pretty easy to have some dramatic hits. But, yeah, no, he, he extended it and then uh, Braves lost in eleven. And uh, so how are you feeling about the Braves so far this season? Um, you know, the Mets have been uh, have been in command of the of the division for most of the the year. Are you like, that's bullcrap? Or are you like, no, this is kind of the team we have? Well, I mean, you know, the Mets are one of those teams that don't have any spending limits. 
So I always, you know, even if the Braves are the defending champ and people might get mad at me for saying this, but I was like, <laughs> you know, the, you know, I, I cheer for a team that has a budget. Hmm. So, uh, you know, so far, so good. It would, had you asked me this a month ago, I would have been a little more worried, but they mm. had a 14-game win streak. Yeah. Uh, they started off really slow last year. Uh, you know, I think they're in the right position. I think the Mets are good. I think there are some really good teams. No one's re- re- uh, repeated in 20 years, mm. but I'll keep watching them. Why not? <laughs> they're on tbs every night now we can't say that anymore no i know it's so sad when you lived with me and it just was the Braves were on every night oh my god <laughs> i still hate that team because of it <laughs> uh there was a nice exchange between freddie freeman and uh, it's matt olson right that's yeah. the first baseman who came over from the a's uh, uh yes. so that's got to be a tough you know to step in if, for the world series hero um but he they seem to have done pretty well. It's not like they got some, you know, guy up from Double A to like give it his best chance. Um, so, uh, how'd you <laughs> how'd you feel about that acquisition? I, you know, it was one of those things that I, as a as a fan, I, I I'm sad Freddie didn't come back. But as someone who's following like the gamesmanship of free agency, mm. I thought it was kind of a baller move by the Braves. Yeah, that they're in this negotiation, it's not going well, and they're like, you know what? we're going to sign this other guy yeah. uh, and we're going to sign him to an eight year contract. And that's that. Yeah. Uh, and you know, I don't think he'll ever be Freddie, but he's, he's pretty good. Yeah, and and he's younger than Freeman too. You know, um, I I have him on my fantasy team, so I I want him to do well. So I'm kind of rooting for that aspect of the Braves. Uh, and he cries uh, less. Yeah, no more crying. Yeah, no more. No, there as as uh, my wife put on her Instagram because she went to the game and was watching it as a real outside observer. Uh, there is crying in baseball. <laughs> I think that's the great way to end it. Hey, Wade, go back to your kids. Don't let them drown. I think it's it's time to, to go back to vacation. So thanks so much for calling in. Always a pleasure. Any more Atlanta stuff, uh, you know who to call. <laughs> that's great. Or let us know if you, if you want to book some time. <laughs> Will do. Okay. Bye, Wade. Thanks, Wade. All right. Take care. Awesome. Uh, pretty cool that he was at both series on both yeah. sides of this country. Um, that's a good life. Um, I, I also like that, yeah, that he gave him a standing O at Dodger Stadium wearing the Braves outfit and yelling, touche. <laughs> like, that's, that's, that's good Wade content right there. <laughs> that is good Wade. Uh, and good stuff. So, yeah, we've talked before that yeah, we had some embedded bias against the Atlanta Braves by being kind of forced <laughs> on us by, you know, a central cable network. But and for me personally by Wade <laughs> yes. was part of that. Like I, I thought I had moved out of it <laughs> getting my own apartment, you know, after college and suddenly I have an Atlanta Braves fan uh, for a roommate. But uh, baseball is the only sport that has not come to the Carolinas. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we have, you know, football and hockey and basketball. But so the Braves are still sort of the default, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Asheville baseball team. And uh, when they do well, it, you know, it's always just more interesting whenever is, yeah. is the, the local outreach uh, uh, does well. And, yeah, they won the World Series last year. Their star player was the star. Yeah. Um, so for him to come back and, and be well-received, it was, it, was, it was nice TV. Yeah, I, I – I was um, roommates with Wade when 
they made the World Series against the Yankees in fall of '96, um, and um, and yeah, I I felt a little bad for Wade at that point, but I was like, these guys keep coming back. They're they're the they were the Buffalo Bills of um, of Major League Baseball, but they actually have a World Series to count they for did it win in one in yes. that in that uh, round again another one recently, yeah. Um, well, right. Well, thanks for lining it up. Yeah, yeah, that's so. For those who listen to the show, yeah, we, we're, again, we don't really want to sit and argue about statistics and otherwise. But anytime we can reach out to someone who's had a, a live experience with a yeah. you know a, a recent story or, or one of the better moments uh, in sports, we always love to talk to them. So that was great. We got to do that with Wade. Our thanks to Wade Solomon for um, for calling in and giving us that firsthand account and. Uh, as I was saying during the break, uh, few people make me laugh more than Wade Solomon. So yeah. uh, thanks for that. Uh, so, yeah, you and I haven't seen each other in a few weeks. It's uh, been a while. And even Fran was out last week, yeah. too. So um, Fran Murphy, our esteemed intern here on Run That Back. Um, so, yeah, we've been like scrambling hosts being like okay who are i gonna talk to uh-huh. instead of that like oh wait tom usually does that and i'm like oh that now i have to do yeah. that so yeah we um we uh, we get the we had the long distance relationship for a few weeks and then we're back together uh yeah so we did not get to immediately discuss the end of the nba finals yes, but sir. uh Again, we'll say it for the third week in a row. Congratulations to the <laughs> Golden State Warriors. They're, they're, they're pretty awesome. They're pretty um, awesome. Uh, but uh, congratulations. to Again, do want to thank uh, Bob Clauston for mm-hmm. stopping by next week to talk some hockey. Uh, and we both came away going, I think I'm rooting for the, the Avalanche. Yep. Uh, and they did go ahead and close it out in six, um, beating the Tampa Bay Lightning, um, who were looking for the three-peat. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's not that uh, Tampa Bay didn't show up. It was just a... a Colorado was like, we knew you would be great at times, right. but we're just going to keep coming and uh, just try to confuse Vasilevsky a little bit just mm-hmm. with, with movement and power plays and otherwise. And, uh, yeah, they were able to do so. And, again, I always feel like there's a little bit of a Asheville-Colorado connection. So yeah. I sort of feel like we won. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll claim it as yeah. ours. Yeah, A uh, lot of talent on both of those teams. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, and uh, so, yeah, I was actually kind of up in country close to – I actually saw Canada. You did. Um, so, yeah, I took a trip with uh, my family up to Buffalo. Um, but, um, you know, and we are big Buffalo sports fans. Uh, but it was an especially sports-filled um, week there because uh, – this was also a visit. We were there for the whole week, but for the last three days, the members of the um, our Bills group that we watch Bills games mm-hmm. with came up, and we did um, a, a couple of days in Buffalo together. Wow. Uh, originally, it was supposed to be there's like a 5K that ends. The finish line is the 50-yard line at the Bills stadium, and we're like, well, we're going to do that. Um, but then it just didn't happen. So we're like, well, I guess we're just doing a weekend in Buffalo, you know? Um, so we went to the stadium. Uh, there was a lot of shopping for bills, merch as well. Uh, (laughs) multiple stores. Yeah, there was a a lot of that. Um, so the bills got a lot of our money and we went down to the stadium, bought it from the store, but we also got to go. Oh yeah. Lots of good water sports too. We went kayaking. I want to say that, um, that uh, Buffalo's 
commitment to water sports, boating, kayaking is so much more than when I lived there. It's still uh, still shocking to me and heartwarming. I, I love that, um, all the outside activity in Buffalo. But we also got to go to a Buffalo Bisons game. Uh, so they're the AAA um, affiliate of the Toronto Blue Jays. Mm-hmm. This is a great stadium. I don't know what it's currently called now, but it's right downtown. I used to go there with my friends, like in middle school and high school. Um, one of those places where it's like uh, our parents were like, "Yeah, go ahead." You know, we don't care, and we're running around downtown Buffalo. You know, at the age of fourteen, um, at the Bison's game. So it was great to go back. We had a great time. Right. Uh, that's the stadium yep. that uh, that hosted some professional baseball right. during the quarantine time. Two years. Yeah. Uh, so the Blue Jays played there. Um, the first season, there were no fans there. Um, yeah. And old friend Paul Sinta, who's been on the show, mm-hmm. um, he went to the game with us as well. And he said it was like, oh, great. Major League Baseball finally comes to Buffalo and you can't actually see it, <laughs> you know. Yeah. But then... Um, Got to see a bunch of those last year. Uh, but there's still Blue Jays logos like sort of uh, scattered throughout the stadium, which was interesting. Um, but then the Bisons won um, with a walk-off play at the plate in the bottom of the 10th inning. Wow. It was awesome. Um, and so, like, it was a pretty good game. It was kind of like um, 4-4 throughout the whole thing. Um the Bisons actually got a guy on second base. It wasn't the like weird Major League Baseball rule that Wade <laughs> referred to, and so Ghost Runner. So yeah. there was a where'd a, that guy come from? A hit, right? Uh, there was a hit, and so guy ran from second base, play at the plate, and he just beats the tag, and everybody's just kind of waiting there, and the umpire goes safe, and everyone went yeah. So it was a really great baseball moment. It was fun, Sid Bream style. Yes, yeah. another Braves reference. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, awesome. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, seeing baseball outside with a group, yep. uh, a good game—that—that's that, a nice combination of uh, ingredients. Yeah, and also like eating buffalo food yeah. at the stadium. So <laughs> I didn't get any wings, but like a a friend of mine got beef on whack, you know, um, and. Um, we got a hot dog with like peppers on it, which is like, yeah, I need something that'll give me more heartburn. Yeah. Why don't you throw the peppers on there? <laughs> you know? Uh, well, that's very cool. Uh, h- hooray for all that. I, uh, uh, I still have yet to make it out to a, a, a tourist game here, yeah. but, uh, look to do so at some point. Um, but that, that sounds like a nice time. It was fun. It was fun. Um, I don't, uh, but, uh, how does Buffalo feel with that the Bills are now the favorite uh, uh, to win the Super Bowl next year. Uh, do you feel like I did as a Celtic fan? It's like, please stop anointing us the champions before we do anything. It's funny because Paul and I actually talked about this very mm-hmm. thing where, um, you know, I I admitted to Paul, I was like, yeah, I've been like, I'll, I'll, I'll have moments where like, I'll start like going there in my mind. Like, what could this be like? And I'm like, and I said to Paul, you know, very quickly, like, I know I shouldn't be doing it. But then I'm like, what am I doing? Like, it doesn't affect anything. Like, I can go, I can daydream, I can fantasize. And then Paul's like, yeah, the entire city's doing it. And all of sports world is doing it. They're just like the favorite and everybody kind of is rooting for them. So he's like, it's kind of out there. Like, like, we just need to sort of deal with that. And so... Paul immediately went, 
Like, that's why I don't want Jordan Poyer hanging, uh, holding out, asking for more money. Like, that's not the time. We'll pay for you. Like, this is our year just to focus on winning it, you know. Um, you'll get paid. You'll get paid. Uh, all right. Well, ba- back to our uh, baseball talk. It's yeah. been uh, it's been a good, crazy time for some baseball. Yeah. So, uh, again, that uh, Braves-Dodgers series was, was, it was pretty intense and, and fun to watch. This last weekend, the Yankees and Astros mm-hmm. um, uh, squared off in a great series that ended up being uh, 2-2 with Aaron Judge having two walk-off uh, yeah. wins. Yeah. Um, for for the two victories, your um, your favorite team, the Yankees, yes. have the best record in Major League Baseball. They do, uh, they do, yeah, and yeah, they sure are fun, and they really enjoy beating the lesser teams. Mm, um, yes, uh, but we did see as the Astros had another combined no hitter against mm-hmm. the Yankees. They've done that twice now as mm. an organization. Uh, the, the Yankees can be shut down by yeah. great pitching, mm-hmm. and then, um, uh huh. Uh, Verlander, right? yeah. is that their really good pitcher on the Astros? Right? One of them, yes. Uh, yeah, uh, he also, you know, again there was the combined no counter, and then he won like three one the other games, and he was just outstanding. He was great again today against the Mets. So yeah. I'm like, yay! Yeah. But it's like, but when they go up against high grade pitching, mm-hmm. um, those you know towering Yankee home runs yeah. start to happen a lot less. And yeah. um, so I'm just nervous. Like, well, guess what? When you get to the playoffs. Um, you're going to be facing maybe the same two or three fantastic yeah. pitchers, and you don't get to necessarily feast on the fourth and fifth guy in the rotation. Yeah, and you need to figure out ways to like manufacture runs and not just like, well, hopefully he'll hit one out of the park. Yeah, you know, there, yeah, a couple of games where there's just uh, nothing but three run home runs. Yes, um, exactly. And then also, yeah, uh, and and you know the Red Sox have been playing very well uh, of late. Again, there's just a teams going on these like winning streaks. Yeah, the Braves enjoyed it, this crazy winning streak. The Red Sox have gone on a winning streak. The the uh, Yankees have kind of won more games by this point than I think any mm-hmm. version of them in in, in the past. And there's obviously a lot of great history. Um, yeah, so it's just a, a strange time for baseball, and uh, some other time we'll talk about it. I do think sort of the COVID had something to do with it. Mm-hmm. There's been a, a, just a string of ten nothing games. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just don't remember so many ten nothing games. Yeah. Uh, also, a run of guys hitting three home runs in the same game. Mm-hmm. It's happened a bunch of times of late. Um, so there's just these weird like uh, stretches of greatness and then stretches of uh, uh, feebleness. Yeah. Uh, I- and I think that might be the way baseball is like now. Like you bottom out, you know, and get really, really bad, and then you're really good. You know, like we're seeing this with the Astros now. Right. You know, they they were really a terrible yes. baseball team. You but know, they played it eight right. years ago. Uh, baseball is a, is a game of statistics, so uh, anytime you can say never happened before, it's a big yep. thing. So uh, Shohei Otani um, mm-hmm. for the Angels was the first player ever to have eight RBI in a game and 13 strikeouts. It's just, he's amazing. (laughs) He's amazing. Um, And unfortunately, the Angels are still sort of like somewhere in the middle, and maybe maybe they can get the last of the many wildcard playoff spots. But it's crazy to have such a great player along with Mike Trout and still like, we'll see. Um, But brings us to, yeah, so the Angels were involved in sort of the big story of the week. Mm. They got involved in this insane brawl with the Seattle Mariners. Um where it just kept escalating. Yes. And it just kind of like players coming out and running like and fighting. Like the, the fight scene at the end of Blazing Saddles, yes. you know, where they like go into the other set or whatever. Exactly. But, yeah. um, to the point where it's, a, a guy was just like, 
clearing out like the concessions from yes. the dugout. He's like throwing sunflower <laughs> seeds out there and, uh, and and bubble gum and everything. They're like, how did we get here? Yeah. Um, and, and, and the whole reasoning again. Uh, 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 I have a quick "oh, you want to go there" impulse kind yeah. of thing when I'm playing any competitive sports. Not that I intimidate anyone, yeah. but I'm just saying I have that Jack Russell Terrier in me kind of thing. <laughs> yes. um, but the idea of like, <laughs> yeah, "Hey, yeah. you threw too close to our guy's head." Yeah. Do you know how dangerous this is? Yeah. So now we're going to do that to one of your guys. <laughs> I just don't like. Uh, so yeah. I understand you. You know, you want to let them know you can't try to intimidate us, but. Just the idea of like you almost killed one of our guys, so now we're gonna almost like it's a weird detente it's that so is weird. not working. Yeah, because then all of a sudden, like, great, now all of us just run at each other. And uh, uh, Archie, hmm, I forget his last name, a pitcher for the uh, Angels, mm-hmm. fell over the railing and broke his elbow, and yeah. he's out for a couple months. Yeah, so it's mutual assured destruction. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, but but it was uh, again. Whatever you think about it, uh, that's one of those things of like, oh, they always show these things. Then you see it, you're like, oh no, no, this definitely is worth a nice five minute segment uh, on Sports Center because it just kept going and guys having to get pulled back and like literally like getting out of their shirt and running and ah, yeah, you're like, ah, yeah. Did anybody say right before they? punch the other guy screw you i'm working for mel brooks <laughs> someone must have. must have i hope so like we like to do uh every week at 7 30 p.m on wednesday nights is do the local sports calendar brought to you by our good friend fran murphy fran what you got for us with a loss yesterday the Asheville tourists dropped to 28 and 41 the mm. game tonight is at home against the bowling green hot rods over the weekend, the Charlotte Hornets elected to rehire Steve Clifford as the team's head coach. Kenny Atkinson was previously offered the position, but elected to remain a part of the Warriors coaching staff. Along with adding a coach, the Hornets also added a piece to their front court by selecting former Duke center mm. Mark Williams with the 15th pick in the draft. In more Charlotte news, Charlotte FC lost 2-1 to on Saturday to CF Montreal. Charlotte's next game is tomorrow night against Austin FC. The Atlanta Braves improved to 42-32 and last night with a 5-3 win over Philadelphia. They will play the Phillies again tonight. And lastly, Atlanta-born tennis player Coco Gauff defeated Elena Roos in the first round of Wimbledon. Coco plays Mia Haila Buzarnescu tomorrow in round two. Good pronunciation, Fran. <laughs> Practiced a few times. <laughs> well played. Better than I Thank could you. do. Good job. Uh, quickly on that. So I did reach out to friend of the show and sort of our senior uh, Hornets correspondent, uh, Philip Chester. Yeah. Asked him how he felt about the return of Steve Clifford. Uh-huh. Uh, and he was not uh, overjoyed about it. Yeah. Um, he just, you know, he thinks that uh, he's a good coach. But he is someone who notoriously does not enjoy playing the younger players. Yeah. Um, and that is exactly where they are. That is the strength of their uh, roster right now. Um, so he just thought that that was an unfortunate combination of uh, tendencies. So I was wondering, I didn't have a chance to ask him this, but uh, is there then an assistant coach that mm-hmm. would kind of come in that could sort of counter that? I think that's something that was underplayed with the Lakers championship mm-hmm. was the, the role that um, – coach that are now with the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, Jason Kidd. Jason Kidd. What he may have brought to sort of, uh, again, I I, uh, I always come back to, again, the the Yankees, I always thought that Don Zimmer was a great kind of little foil to Joe Mm -hmm. Torrey, who was like, let's just, uh, every day's the same. And 
Zimmer always find a way to kind of mix it up. So uh, that's what I wonder for them. It's like, all right, so is there an assistant that can be brought in that's going to sort of go, hey, Steve, yeah, this the young guys are actually pretty good. Yeah, um, or, so, or it's or yeah. it's the organization telling yeah. them that, like, you, you can't do that. Like, we need these kids to be developed. I, I think Kenny Atkinson would have been a great hire right. for them, actually. Uh, like, he's a talented guy. He was just with the Warriors, and he he worked with young guys mm-hmm. uh, when he was with the Nets. Like, when they had bottomed out and had yeah. a whole bunch of young kids, he would actually did pretty well with them. And then Durant and Irving and Harden came in, and they uh, dumped Kenny Atkinson immediately. And so I think he would have been very good for the Hornets. Steve Clifford feels like, if not a lateral move, maybe a step back. So I, I can I can see why Philip may be a little bit underwhelmed. Yes. Uh, well, again, thanks, uh, Fran. And yeah. then, uh, yeah, uh, NBA is, is, is in the news right now, whether yeah. uh, players changing teams or players uh, choosing to stay w- with the same team for a whole lot of money. Yeah, and... <laughs> Uh, so I need to say this, like right off the bat. So Friday is when the league, uh, new league year starts. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love this time period, mm-hmm. and I think that's partially because I don't have a favorite team. You right. know, so I'm like, oh, this guy wants to go that there, and they're gonna, you know, add this person, and there's gonna be cool trades. Great. Um, I love the narratives that come out of it because it just is more intriguing. I think if. I had uh, sort of like skin in the game with one of my teams. I'd be like, well, what is happening? These guys keep leaving or whatever. But um, I, I love the the next three weeks in the NBA. It's really a lot of fun for right. me. Uh, let's quickly touch on the thing that was talked about too much, only to have it be <laughs> exactly stay the same, which is uh, Kyrie Irving uh, opted in to yep. stay with the Brooklyn Nets for 30 yeah, thirty some million, million dollars. Uh, yeah. Uh, again, I guess there was some idea. I guess maybe he had a conversation with LeBron. What would uh, be like? Yeah, they could give you eight million. Yeah. Um, or you could thirty seven million. <laughs> like, I think I'm going to stay here yeah, <laughs> for right. one more year, and then he could still go there next year, kind yeah. of thing. Uh, and then also uh, Russell Westbrook opting in to mm-hmm. make forty seven million. Yeah, something um, like to that. stay with the Lakers um, because. Uh, no one is going to pay yeah. him anywhere near that if he goes somewhere else. And the Lakers uh, have to say yes because uh, they knew that when they made that trade that he had a second-year yeah. option. So it's like, wh- what button do I have to press immediately to get the 47, like to <laughs> opt in? Like, do I light up a flare? Yeah. Like, what do we do with this? Do I need to come down to the office? Like, yeah. I'm going to do it. I'll be there at 12.01 or whatever. Uh, so, again, just a lot of... It's sports gossip about, like, yeah, yeah. but I was surprised that, because uh, you were just like, well, who wouldn't do that? Well, it turns out there are some. So James Harden yep. did not uh, mm-hmm. uh, opt into his p- player option, um, and, and so has opted out. Now, that could mean that he is in conversations with the Sixers and Daryl Morey, Morey um, being like, hey, don't do this, and we'll give you a pretty decent three-year one for, like, you know, $28 million a year kind of that's, thing. That's what's happening. Same with Bradley Beal right. um, for the Wizards that – he opted out for that thing, and he's expected to sign like a five-year, like right. two hundred fifty million dollars contract. But so the only uh, one again, we'll see uh, who did do a buyout. So John Wall did a buyout mm-hmm. with the Houston Rockets, uh, mm-hmm. and now has signed with the Los Angeles Clippers. Yeah, uh, and Wall has 
hasn't played in two years. Right. So uh, this is But it's actually moved something. Yeah. Like, and it's like, yes, like it. something happened. Why don't we talk about that instead of always talking about what would happen if LeBron James <laughs> yeah. got together with Kareem from 20 years ago? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> uh, that's me. That's, yeah. for, that's for NBA 2K yeah. or something like that or fantasy sports. Uh, we did have a trade. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've actually had a couple of trades. Um, so the, the Knicks cleared some cap space. Uh, they sent Nerlens Noel and Alex Burks to the Pistons. Uh, that was kind of fun. Uh, we saw the the Wizards and the Nugget, Nuggets make a little trade. Uh, I'll tell you about that. We had a really good trade that happened right before this. The Atlanta Hawks trade uh, Gallinari and multiple first-round picks to the Spurs for DeJounte Murray, who's was an all-star last year. Mm-hmm. Good player. Um, so Trey Young. DeJounte Murray, there's a lot of scoring there. A formidable front court. Yeah. Um, And then one of the players um, in that Wizards-Nuggets trade was Ish Smith, who did go to Wake Forest. So I've always had a a fondness in my heart for Ish Smith. Small, but very quick, like one of the quickest guys. Uh, So if he plays one game for Denver, he would set the record for most franchises played in a career in NBA history with 13 Wow. He's played for 13 franchises. I didn't pull up uh, who he's played for. But, but I do love that, that his name is Ish. Like, yeah, he he's a nugget-ish. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, and that's kind of how he's been treated by playing yeah. with uh, with 13 players. He's so, an NBA player 13 teams. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, I thought that that was of note. Um, it will be interesting to see what happened. And you're right. Maybe... Maybe all the news is like, yes, all these people are just going to resign. Uh, but there's usually one or two players that are like, um, I'm ready to go someplace else. Um, and then some teams that are like, yeah, get this guy out of here. You know. Uh, it, so I wanted to ask you both. Maybe I'll start with you, Fran. Is there any like, um, maybe if you've got a specific player that you want the Celtics to get, or like a sort of position or like role that you want to see filled in this offseason yeah i think scoring off the bench Mm. probably a guard would be best yeah and i know brunson it looks like he might be going to the knicks now yeah it looks like it yeah someone like that would be perfect yeah just to get you points off the bench and keep things rolling yeah uh tom do you have are you thinking along those same lines uh a little uh, bigger and a, a little uh, seemingly ungrateful, but I think the Celtics continue to learn that these kind of like uh, smaller, like t- tough guards, like that's a tough, sustainable model. Mm-hmm. So again, Marcus Smart, mm-hmm. great, but it's you know, is he a genuine point guard? Yeah. Kind of, you know. Again, so again, we saw the same thing with Isaiah Thomas, mm-hmm. and then, you know, a couple times. Um, but you're like, okay, but is this a sustainable model yeah. kind of thing um, rather than nice, you know, again, uh, get, not that uh, you want something that I put, as opposed to like a Chris Paul type, whatever, right. distributing, making other plays. So uh, that's that's my thing. Like Marcus Mark, great, but I don't know that that's like, well, he's our next, um, mm-hmm. you know, five years at that position. Yeah. Is he? Uh, did the Celtics want Derek White to be that guy when they made the move? Um, you think to like this guy could be our ball handler, or I, I, I think they thought he is what he ended up being, which is what what a great uh, backup, what what a Energy great guy. time filler, uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, coming off the bench, uh, and then 
if someone does get hurt and otherwise, because mm-hmm. you know the way that Marcus Smart plays, he's constantly throwing his body around. That mm-hmm. he's going to bang an elbow or a knee and need to be filled in. But uh, that's just for me. I have to admit, l- looking in, in that final series, I was like, uh, Marcus Smart sometimes was was not a strength. Yeah. Um, again, mm-hmm. effort and energy and him calling out the mm-hmm. players earlier in the season, like we got to play for each other. You mm-hmm. love all that, but maybe you need a little bit more offensive talent from that role. Can I offer you Ish Smith? (laughs) (laughs) For a little while. Everybody. I mean, we need to be on this quest. He needs to just play on on every team. I always love this with, like, you know, kind of, uh, ha, ha, like, uh, you know, the perennial backup quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. There's this other kind of derision. You're like, oh, you mean the guy who just made, like, $42 million over the last eight years? Like Chase Daniel? Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. Thanks for reading my mind. Yeah. Um, You're like, oh, Chase Daniel. I think Chase Daniel's doing fine. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. I mean, (laughs) he's played in, like, Four games in right. 12 years. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure you can sneaker while you buy a, a car off his dealership. <laughs> yeah. One of several that he owns you know, yeah. around the country. Um, so, yeah, all that. Like, oh, yeah. Like, mm, we could do worse. Uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I do hope that something happens that is a genuine, you know, kind of landscape changer. Again, there's some interesting parts. So, go in but, like, I don't know that like you now need to reconsider. Although the the, the Hawks that 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 is that's, that's the one one they're like to have two All Stars yeah um, paired like that is is pretty good. I, I nothing is still going to beat though when I think you texted me. LeBron to Cleveland is happening while mm-hmm. I was standing in the Farmburger mm-hmm. line to get my lunch, <laughs> being like what you know and like hurry like phone reload reload that that's still like uh, those were pretty awesome in terms of like wow that actually happened this is going to be really fun yes got a few minutes just enough to squeeze in some tennis talk tom so um uh we heard uh fran talking about wimbledon earlier what else has been jumping out for you just Again, just this the strangeness of the the late stages of Serena Williams' career. So yeah. she uh, came back. She has not played since the first round mm-hmm. of Wimbledon last year, where she uh, did retire due to an injury, um, and, and hadn't played since. So she came back and, and again lost in the first round, a three set match uh, to uh, Tam. I think was the last name. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and it's just I was just saying that we've had this conversation, like if. If you were sort of only been paying attention to tennis for the last four or five years, mm-hmm. it's kind of like so. This Serena Williams, what's the what's the story here? Yeah, she just, just seems to mostly lose and cry. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're like, no, she was the most amazing tennis player yeah. ever. Just her intimidation and focus and rage and everything. Um, and just the you know even injured and a little out, out of shape, she she should have beat this mm-hmm. uh, other person clearly. Um, but just that. There's just a, a hitch where she just can't put what she knows. She again, mm-hmm. we, you know, we used to be called Steve Sack syndrome, yeah. kind of the the, the sports brain. Um, to see why she can't translate what she knows she can do into re- repeated um, performance on a tennis court uh, is crazy. I get she's 40 years old. Yeah, it, I was going to say it, father even, time remains even undefeated. coming back out. Yeah. But again, that that's not why. It wasn't uh-huh. like oh, she's just old. It's like no, she's there, but she just can't get on the right side of. The mental advantage of um, completing it. So that that was again, hooray! It was so great to see her, mm-hmm. but it was just so unfortunate that that was that was the result. Because I do think if she had gotten past that first a game, mm-hmm. she would have sort of found some confidence. I think to at least make it to the second week. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, no. It's a 
just a really cool great match today with John Isner and mm. Andy Murray. Mm. Um, John Isner had lost uh, the eight previous times they had played; <laughs> they'd never won. But he sort of played his best match ever um, to, to uh, send uh, Andy on his way. And his post game uh, interview, Murray or uh, Isner, who uh, is like, well, clearly uh, <laughs> Andy Murray is a better tennis player than I am. Uh, I just was a little bit better today and the crowd again he just played it so well rather than kind of like suck it Brits <laughs> yeah took your guy down uh, yeah he was just like he is wonderful you were wonderful I am almost sorry that I beat your favorite player yeah. but uh I'm glad that it came me playing the best tennis I ever played there you go so like well well done very gracious uh, market relations but uh now otherwise uh uh fingers crossed oh so you point to um you don't really have an impact um Rafa Nadal was playing that yes. day. He's up two sets. All right, turn on. Oh, oh, Rafa's on. Great. He then starts to just lose the third set uh, and is on his way to losing the fourth set. And I was like, well, clearly, I shouldn't be watching. It, it was you. I went to the other room. He rallied in the fourth set and went on to. <laughs> Wait, so did you keep it on, but you just went to the other room or yeah. you turned it off? No. Uh, uh, interesting. So you still were following it. No, I was just, uh, again, my wife was uh, now here. Uh, how's he doing? Kind of thing. No, I didn't even like. I didn't even want to know. Uh, all I heard was he won, and I was like, "My work is done." <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. We talked about the Freeman camp. Yeah. We know that the Nadal camp will be sending you uh, some roses or something I like do. that I for want, your I participation. Want, I want the Rafa hat. Um, um, any other? Uh, have you been able to catch any of the Wimbledon and Fran? Yeah, I've been watching a few of them. Yeah, that that Murray match was amazing. Just seeing how he feeds off the crowd, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. his celebrations, it's great. And also, uh, this tournament, it's Djokovic and Nadal would meet in the finals, which would be great because it was kind of underwhelming in the French that they met in the quarterfinals. Yeah, I agree. To see them in the finals would be awesome. Uh, it would be to Tom doesn't like, to, especially with his favorite teams, to assume anything. So yeah. need to say that for the gods <laughs> as well. You. Yeah, uh, but no, a, a, a lot of fun players to to watch. Uh, Carlos Alcaraz, mm-hmm. this, you know, a rising Spanish player, just the enthusiasm he plays with, uh, and uh, uh, always interesting. Yeah, there's a. a, a, a female player today so dressed all in whites but she had a midriff on oh, um, oh, uh, oh, and again so Wimbledon oh, having to yes. deal with like um, that is not a proper tiny white yes, dress what are you doing right. kind of thing is she just like look at my perfect body yes. yeah. <laughs> that's really funny do you have a sort of bucket list that you would go to Wimbledon or like if you could go to any major what would what would it be uh, I have been to the US Open mm-hmm. uh, and that was awesome yeah uh, so uh, but yeah, uh, getting to see, uh, well, geez, uh, French Open or Wimbledon's a little tough. Pro- probably Wimbledon. You also got married in Australia, I so I wasn't sure if the Australian Open held any kind of appeal for that. But it doesn't quite have the historical right thing. Um, uh, yeah, because like it's inside a place. Yeah, uh, with blue courts. Uh, yes, we've seen that. Um, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, just to yeah be at Wimbledon, even to be out on, on the hill and, and otherwise, that, that would be really nice. That'd be nice. Uh, all right, uh, we're at the time of the show where we like to recognize those who have left us over the past week. Uh, yeah, and we mentioned coming in that uh, uh, you were in Buffalo. Buffalo mm-hmm. uh, uh, plays a part in our Coffin Corner this week. So, again, uh, uh, I'll start with the uh, uh, lesser one. So, again, uh, Abe Abramoski. Yeah. Um, he has been the head athletic trainer for the Buffalo Bills for 37 years. Um, and... Uh, uh, 
sadly left us this week. But the main one is uh, Marlon the Magician Briscoe. Yes. Um, so uh, he was a quarterback and receiver in the AFL and NFL. He was the first black starting uh, quarterback in professional football. Yes. And um, in the American Football League, not the National Football right. League. Uh, yeah. Uh, for uh, when the Denver Broncos were in the AFL, mm-hmm. um, they wanted to convert him to a cornerback, but he said, "I would like a chance to compete for the the starting quarterback position, quarterback." Mm-hmm. Um, and just one of those things, you know, kind of like starting guy gets hurt, backup is a little spotty, fourth quarter. All right, kid, we're, you're getting your chance. He does really well, so uh, he's then the starting quarterback the next week, uh, being the first starting black quarterback in professional football up to that point. Um, and then was eventually traded to the Buffalo Bills, where mm-hmm. they did already have. A quarterback as well as a black quarterback. Yeah, they had Jack Kemp and then James Harris um, as the backup. So they did convert yeah. him to a receiver, and he was fantastic. And yeah. he led the team and set all these records, kind of thing. And he was eventually um, traded to uh, the Miami Dolphins for uh, a, 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 a lineman, hmm. Don DeBerberberg, for whatever. Oh, uh, okay. Gets, um, again, so it was a good trade for the Bills, but he would go to the Dolphins and win two Super Bowls. That's um, great. So, again, what a, a significant player in the uh, history of football. And we should say there was a systematic prejudice against black athletes playing quarterback yeah. for generations. Yeah. Um, so even once the... Both leagues were integrated. I mean, the AFL was integrated from its start, but there was just this prejudice that, like, mm, black people can't play quarterback, you right. know. And it, so that happened for years, and there were a few outliers, you know, uh, James Harris, Marlon Briscoe, Doug Williams, eventually, and then then it's like we've we've completely shifted that. But so that Let's is go. a real um, uh, point of honor for Marlon Briscoe. Thanks for listening to Run That Back. We'll see you next week.